Well, howdy, y'all. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Cosmetic. Cosmetics Hemp Pain Cream helps ease aches, pains, inflammation, and arthritis with their proprietary CBD-infused skincare solutions. Each bottle of Cosmetics Hemp Pain Cream is infused with 400 milligrams of their proprietary CBD water-soluble solution. Please be kind to your skin and go to Cosmedicated.com. That's C-A-U-S-E Medicated.com. Use promo code SOS20 at checkout and get 20% off of your entire order. All right. Let's do the podcast. Welcome in, scruff heads, scruff curious people, scruffy sympathizers. This is South of Scruffy Podcast. I am Ben Fields. This is my podcast. Thanks for being here. I appreciate it. I've got my friend Jandy on the show today. Jandy's a dear buddy of mine, man. He's a filmmaker, makes music, killer music. And he's uh, one of the most well-rounded creators that I know. He can do it all. He shoots and he edits beautiful stuff for Patricia Nash, Sugarlands, Moonshine, all kinds of stuff. His music hits hard, real hard. He kills it. I love everything the guy does, and it was awesome to finally have him over after a lot of talking about it. We finally had him in. And uh, we've also been filming these podcasts lately. So if you just listen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, move over to YouTube. Check that out. See what we're doing over there. We film these things, and you can find them on the uh, YouTube channel at South of Scruffy. And if you're dying to support this podcast, check out our Patreon page, at South of Scruffy on Patreon. That'd be awesome. That's what keeps the lights on here. That's how we support this thing and how we keep making it better by including video and all that other ancillary content that we put out. The Patreon crowd is a bunch of studs who have pulled together to get their resources out there and to make the the podcast a sustainable thing for us. And we appreciate it a lot. Those are the, those are the, those guys are the heartbeat of this thing. And they're the real ones to thank here. All I do is try to make the stuff that the scruff heads are trying to hear. Get involved in the Patreon thing. If you're so inclined, I appreciate it. Let's do it. You ready to hear Jandy? You guys ready? I hope you love it. Here it is. This is me talking to my man, Jandy. We're doing the pop Never will ever know. Is that a Saluki shirt? Yeah, dude. Salukis. That's the amount of people that whenever you're like literally walking through any anywhere, it doesn't matter. Like you could be in the middle of like a corn maze. And you just hear, go Salukis. Really? And you're like, what? Oh, yeah, yeah, you. Yeah. Because they see your, they yeah, see they your letters. See and they're like, oh, yeah, go S. I went there or whatever. And. Uh, you know, usually they either say, yeah, that school was amazing or hell no, I hated that place. Where is it? So it's in Carbondale, Illinois, Carbondale. Um, <laughs> is it the Spanish <laughs> pronunciation? It's the Spanish pronunciation, yeah. Uh, and it, uh, I know it's like literally 15 minutes any direction, nothing. Really? N- nothing. How'd you find that place? Swimming. Yeah. They found you? Yeah, sort of, yeah. They, you swam there? Yeah, so actually one of my... Old, well, no, my best friend, his older brother went up there to swim and he was a great above me. And so then I reached out and we kind of got to know each other and 
they decided to have me on the team. So, so you went to, so you swam in college. Swam in college. Is it a Division One school? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty sweet. Yeah, we'd come down and swim against Tennessee. We swam against Kentucky, Missouri every year. They kicked our ass. It was awesome. Uh, but it was, I mean, yeah, swimming. Good lord, man, swimming in in college was literally a a, a job. I've always been amazed at the athleticism of division one athletes and any college athlete, man, mm-hmm. they're just oh fine tuned machines, man. Dude. It's, it's insane. It's absolute insanity. I mean, like I always tell people that the worst feeling in college is you're hungover. You have to be at the pool at five 30 in the morning. Oof. And the, there's this moment when you're standing on the, on this, on the wall Mm-hmm. And, you know, your coach is screaming at you, get in the water, get, you know, get that from the water, all this stuff. Stop throwing yeah. up. <laughs> Stop throwing up. You've got a headache. You know, you got in a fight with your girlfriend the <laughs> night before. And you, you, the second your toes leave the wall and you're just dangling over this just icy cold abyss at 530 in the morning in college. I mean, there's no... There's no feeling. What's like it feel? What's, I mean, what's it, it feel like? Is it like what have I got myself I, into? I think it, the, this is going to be really morbid, but I think it's the closest feeling to like probably when like you're about to like jump off a bridge or something, and yeah. you're like you want it, you want every inch of you is like go back, go back, and yeah, you just can't, you can't, because you you're, you're you're like I'm going in the water. But does it help uh, to to jump in cold water after being out all night? It does. It does. I bet. Oh yeah. There's there was one time where our coach, I guess, like we'd gone out for some reason before morning practice and our coach sm- probably smelled it on us and he said all right we're actually not getting in the water today and he put out little gym mats all it was a huge pool you know like olympic size pool he put mats all around and he said all right on this side we're gonna do jumping jacks and uh what is that called where you like cross your feet and you like karaoke yeah karaoke yeah. all the way down and then on the short sides you have to do cartwheels <laughs> and like literally, oh no, not cartwheels, just literally just rolls. Somersaults? It's somersaults. And so, so you had a different different plyometric exercise for each uh, side of the pool? Oh, basically anything that'll get your stomach churning. Sure. Because we went to this place that literally sold $12 Red Bull vodka pitchers. Mm. You know, when you're... When you're and when coach, you, coach yeah. knew you guys were hurting. He, he knew, yeah. And so you could just hear everybody like, <laughs> you know, the whole entire time. And he's like... You learn to never do that again. I mean, it was fun though. You don't, your body type, you're like a little broader shouldered and bigger than most swimmers oh, I see. Oh, thank you. Yeah. 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 I mean, you're athletic, super athletic build, but yeah. like you don't strike me as the prototypical swimmer. I was definitely a, I was a breaststroker, which is the slowest stroke. If yeah. It, it fit my personality. So it's like know. a, it, it's like a tractor pull. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> it, the breaststroke is the one where you see the people like, you know, like, yeah. they, <laughs> like the weird looking face yeah. when they come up and you're supposed to touch your shoulders up to your, your ears. But God, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it in for anything else, man. I met some of my, still my best friends today and some of my best friends in college and I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Was that, how'd you get into it in high school, I guess? Swimming? Oh yeah. no, dude. I did, did it your whole life. I did embrace it my whole life. Cause so my mom didn't know how to swim. Like she doesn't mm. know how to swim. So like to this day, to this day, which is hilarious considering that my dad was actually in the coast guard. Mm. Um, and I mean, he was up in the helicopter over the water, like yeah. saving people and all that stuff. And my mom, like if you dropped her in a pool, <laughs> yeah. she, she would barely get out of the bathtub. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so she said, from young age, she was like, I don't want my kids to ever deal with that. And so she put both me and my sister into swimming. And, uh, 
yeah, I mean, it shaped our lives for sure. Really? Um, my I, my sister did it through high school, and and she's she said f this and and decided not to. Uh, bless her heart, I followed every single thing my sister did. And I, as you know, when you're a younger sibling, you just yeah. want to like do every single thing that your older sibling is doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I knew I annoyed the hell out of her because she was like, <laughs> I want to play tennis, and I'm like, I'm, I'm going to play tennis. You know, she's like, I'm going to be in choir. I want to be in choir. But yeah, so uh, swam swam my whole life. Uh, which was awesome. And then but it got you through college, man. Got me. Yeah. It got me through college. It's alive somehow. I don't know, but. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you grew up in Knoxville. Is that mm-hmm. right? Born and raised. Both parents here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Youngest of two. Youngest of two. Um, yeah. Both my dad uh, grew up in Knoxville. My mom grew up in, in Dalton. Well, so her family's from Dalton, Georgia, but um she, you know, they both basically were from Knoxville, grew up gotcha. here essentially. They go to know. college at UT. Yeah, I, I was, I betrayed my entire family. Every my were sister, they mad about that? I don't know. No, I we're not. I mean, we love UT. Um, I I consider myself a Vol, literally yeah. growing up here. Um, but yeah, no, literally, uh, my sister still works for UT actually. And yeah, both my parents and anybody else in my family, they all went to UT. They all bleed orange. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm going to go, gonna somewhere. go somewhere I can swim. <laughs> Did yeah. you get a scholarship? Uh, not with swimming, but I got it with uh, academics. So okay. it worked out. Yeah. yeah. A lot of those schools, I guess, that are more, no- not as much known for, for athletics. It's harder to get an athletic scholarship, right? Oh yeah. But you can work your way in through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely, I, I snuck my way in with some pretending to be smart yeah. academic. What do your parents do? Your your dad was in the Coast Guard. Yeah, so he was in he was in the Coast Guard. Um, he doesn't really talk about it too much, but he was a medic on one of the helicopters. Okay, and was he in one of the Gulf Wars? No, no, no. So he actually was in the Coast Guard when he was. I think he went in right after his first round of college. He went to okay. college twice um, to get. Well, you can't. Went back to get his master's in accounting. I'm pretty sure. Um, and so, yeah, he was in the Coast Guard and he, God, dude, he has some crazy stories. I mean, like talking about like, you know, you're flying over these waves that are just crashing down on these ships. And there's, you know, this one guy who'd gotten stabbed in a fight with one of his crewmates and they literally, you know, the basket that they put him yeah. down, <clears throat> they put him in a basket and then they just threw him over the side. And so this guy is literally strapped into the basket because the waves were so dangerous that nobody in the crew could so he go was down. On a, he was on a boat, another boat. Another boat. So they're in a helicopter. Yeah, My your dad. dad's in a helicopter. Yeah. So they're in a boat at sea. They with, get in a fight? With, I, guess, I mean, you know, what else are you going to do at sea? You're drinking were they, were and they fighting. In the, were they in the Navy? I have no idea. No, okay. they're, it was just a, I think civilians? a fishing civilian's boat. Yeah. And Somebody got stabbed apparently, and your dad had to go save him. So essentially, yeah, my dad is. He dropped the, the basket down. They dropped the basket. So if the back at that in that time, I mean, I really he doesn't talk about it too much. So I don't know the exact dates when he was in yeah. the Coast Guard. But I want to say it was, you know, probably the 80s, late 70s, early 80s. So you don't have, you know, too much equipment. Um, and so, you know, they, they dropped down the basket because nobody could go down with them. And they. The crewmen, you know, they're instructing the crewmen over the radio how to strap him in. They strap this guy in. And I guess maybe, you know, maybe who knows what the conversation was on, on board. But they, yeah. maybe they're just like, you know, F this guy. Let's just, you know, we stabbed yeah. him already. So just throw him over over the thing. And so apparently this dude's strapped in. They throw him over. And uh, yeah. And, and my dad said he had never heard somebody cuss 
like that man did when they finally hoisted him up because really? he's basically drowning for a good and he's already stabbed so it's like he's like drowning you know <laughs> and he's just waves with blood gushing out of his back all that stuff crazy stuff dude crazy <laughs> i'd say so so when your dad got out of the coast guard was he uh he, he did accounting yeah <laughs> perfect so he pretty he went to school for english he was an english major graduated joined the coast guard i'm pretty sure he was in the coast guard during vietnam okay. um, i'm pretty sure gotcha. i don't know he he will probably go listen to this or something and be like you, you know what's wrong <laughs> Do you with not you? Know your US yeah. History. yeah um and yeah and so what my, about my mom she grew up in Knoxville, went to Farragut, um, was out there when it was actually Farragut and was a farm yeah. town. Yeah. You know, it wasn't, you know, Turkey Creek or anything. Yeah. Kingston Pike Not was people two lanes. leasing houses and cars <laughs> and, and, and looking and rich. Audis. Yeah. Pretending, <laughs> pretend rich. And uh, so, yeah, she was out there and uh, then went to school for accounting. And actually, the first time that my parents met, um, my mom was, they were both in the same class. And my mom was working to pay for school and she was working really late shifts and she had actually fallen asleep in front of my dad and he woke her up and was like, Hey, you know, you, you slept through <laughs> class and he, I think they traded notes or something. I don't know. I haven't heard that go. story in a long time. So yeah. Born and raised in Knoxville. How they met. Yeah. I guess. Good. Yeah. 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 I guess, I guess that's the story. What Who about knows? your sister? You said she works at UT. Yeah. So she works at UT and she, you were always trying to be like her growing up. I was, I was, um, yeah, she did everything before me. Obviously, I mean, she's an older sister. I mean, so she's, you know, six years, seven, six years older than me. Um, I'm not going to say my age because then she'll kill me because then everybody will know her age. Yeah. And uh, she's past 30, though. Once yeah. you pass 30, you just well, don't. Well, dude, you, you look great for it. 45. <laughs> you really do. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And so, yeah, she, uh, yeah, I wanted to be like her for every, every single thing that I did. I mean, it was like. Like I said earlier, like she, she swam. I wanted to swim. She wanted to play tennis. I wanted to play tennis. Like she did um, musicals in high school. I wanted to do musicals and I did musicals in high school. And I think it annoyed her, but I think, you know, now we kind of understand, like, I just wanted to be like my older sis. So, you know, guys get along now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. We get along great, which is awesome. So you did the, you did the acting thing (laughs) as a kid. I remember when we, uh, when we first met, we kind of bonded over that. A yeah. little bit like high yeah. school doing theater and I guess you did musical theater and all that. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. So I went to central, which was awesome. So happy I went there and, um, we did musicals. We had a, you know, kind of a locally famous choral teacher named Becky Thomas and she, oh my God, dude, she was both crazy, but also one of the best people that I've ever had in my life life. Um, and she, you know, I mean, dude, we, we literally for my senior show, which was Phantom of the Opera, we raised $65,000 as a high school, as a high musical school. theater. Yeah. Oh yeah. How'd you do that? So corporate I mean, sponsorship. We No, I mean, we just went nuts. I mean, we just, I mean, we got, you know, ads and we got people to donate and we, I mean, it was insane. I mean, like we had a professional, Broadway lighting company come in, light our stage. We had a professional sound guy come in who was amazing. Like, I mean, he mic'd everybody up, which for a high school, you know, musical, I mean, that's unheard of to have literally even just the small speaking 
parts, you know, sure. mic'd. And he had the professional ones that went down through your hair. And so, I mean, it literally was like, I mean, spring breaks, we were working on sets for our final show. Christmas time, we did this huge Christmas show that was a one-night special. We performed at the Tennessee Theater multiple times. We actually had the fire marshal called on us because there we packed out the Tennessee Theater so hard one That's year. That's awesome, man. I mean, it was it was so – the Central High School choir was just like this force to be reckoned with. And, I mean, we're a public school in Knoxville, Tennessee, and we're doing this stuff. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was – acting on those stages was – I miss it to be honest yeah. good lord well it's like being in the pros when you're an amateur you know mm-hmm. it, it i liken it if you want to make a sports analogy it's like these guys who play in college at like let's say university of tennessee mm-hmm. and they play in front of you know a hundred thousand people every weekend and then when they turn pro they go to a small market team where you know now it's different but yeah. you know a lot of times nfl teams were only pulling 30 40 000 fans it's like I've already hit the big time. I hit the big time four years ago when I had yeah. people screaming my name. Yeah, you know, yeah. buying me drinks at the or maybe not. They weren't buying them drinks. Yeah. They're not allowed to. But allegedly. getting you know allegedly, you know, yeah. But I mean, yeah, it, it was. Was it tough to come? Like, was, was it? Did you try to do any of that stuff in college? Did you try to like uh, to recreate the stage presence that uh, you'd become accustomed to? Uh, not really. I well, I was actually a musical theater minor. Um, I was a cinema and photography major at Southern Illinois. At Southern Illinois, I so I had the three most useless degrees <laughs> possible. I was a cinema and photography major. I was a musical theater minor, and I almost minored in philosophy. Mm. So I almost had the three, you know, the key, you'll never get a job straight out of college with this, which clearly is not true. But you know how it goes when you're going into college. Everyone's like, oh, you got to be an engineer. You got to, you know, do all this, you know, real stuff. But uh, no, I I actually studied lighting in musical theater, which was which really helped me out, honestly. Um, More stage lighting stuff, though, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, where you're up in the rafters, you know, doing all this, all this crazy stuff up there, and and you know, wiring and like 32 different lights, and it's just an absolute madhouse. And you know, you have all these musical theater majors that are the actors that are like screaming at you because you're getting in their way and stuff. It's just, it, it was, it kind of turned me off a little bit from really, it. yeah, just a touch. Because, Is that why you didn't continue doing it? Yeah, I think so. I think. I kind of discovered that I liked being behind the camera just a touch more. Yeah. But I don't know. After the other night, that was pretty fun. Yeah. I I talked about that in uh, the intro to the last podcast. We did, uh, we shot a music video for Peak Physique. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And you, uh, (laughs) you were part of the, 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 the talent on that. Yeah. 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 Matt Honkinen, uh, drug me in there. Um, yeah. And it, uh, that was fun. I mean, I, you know, I, I've done a little bit of acting since college, but like, I don't know. Being in front of the camera, it's it's very much just like a hurry up and wait. I know you've experienced that. Sure. You know, I mean, you went out to. I don't know how much you've told that story on on here. You know, yeah, going I, don't, out to, I don't either, but I've, I think I've told it some. <laughs> yeah. Going out to L.A. and and doing that whole thing. You know, I mean, it's it's a whole different beast, man. I mean, God, the thing act the things actors have to do to just be good. Yeah, I mean, you have like thirty or more sweaty middle-aged dudes just staring at you from behind a camera yeah. and with lights. And and they're not looking at you because you're pretty. Yeah. They're looking at you because they're trying to see if that eye light is just right yeah. or if that fill is a little too harsh. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or is, is this uh, exposing their physique a little too much? Or yeah. is this, you know, like, I mean, and that's the thing is, you know, or, or literally like, oh, you can see your pimple. 
You know, yeah. like, I mean, that's, yeah. uh, that's stuff, know. you know, I don't know how many people know that, but when you're, when you're behind the camera, I mean, especially with models, I mean, God, I feel bad for models sometimes when we're shooting. I feel bad for myself for being so judgmental. <laughs> I hate it. I hate I, that I you do have too. to be. I hate that you get, you get, you know, something in your ear and they're like, Hey, can you, you know, watch, watch that mole or something. You're like, what? how we talked about this the other night about having some client on set one time who, who talked, talked to our talent. He uh-huh. wasn't, you know, he's our client. He w- wasn't directing or anything. And he walked up to the talent. He was like, can you suck in a little bit? <laughs> and it's like, don't, ah, please, don't, please don't say that. Please don't please, say that. To, please don't to say our that talent. to a human being. Oh my Who's god! Already nervous. Oh god, yeah. You know, yeah. so it. T- I mean, man, it takes fortitude to be in front of the camera, and it takes, you know, re- it takes you know being able to be rejected. It takes being able to be judged and not care about it. Yeah, it's kind of. I I, uh, I think those people are are some of the hardest working people in show business. Oh, at, absolutely. And especially from an emotional intelligence standpoint, and just being able to deal with all the all the uh all the drama all the stuff god dude i mean just literally like i mean we had you know i i've done a lot of shooting for anybody listening who doesn't know i've done a lot of shooting for patricia nash and um they are a handbag company and we shoot a lot of models and you know we're out there shooting summer when it is winter literally winter and you can see the goosebumps on their arms and and you know i mean the thing is it's like we all care but it's just like we want to get the shoot done we want to get the right products in we want to get all this stuff completed but i mean you know half the time we're like okay you, we gotta take a break like yeah. we gotta we gotta put them inside or yeah. keep them you're warm putting or, these people through hell yeah literally yeah. i mean like that's the thing that i always remind my friends when they you know talk about modeling how easy I wish i could be a model on stuff i'm like dude you haven't been it hasn't been january 28 degrees outside and you're mm-hmm. in a sundress sitting on a couch sure trying to act like you're happy and sunny yeah and and the thing is the camera will tell if you're not yeah you know and that God. and we're gonna have to redo that take because we saw your breath oh yeah <laughs> you yeah. know yeah it's like literally like you're we can or, or we can see your goosebumps or we can yeah. we can we can see that your teeth are chattering and it's just like and on the opposite God. side of that you know that same that same model Come uh, uh, the hot, the dog days of summer, July, they've got a flannel shirt yeah, on yeah. doing Christmas outside. Oh my <laughs> God, dude. Yeah. You're and you're, or like you're asking them to wear a tweed and you're in like in the middle of nowhere, Tennessee on like a horse farm, you yeah. know? And it's just like super hot, uncomfortable. God, yeah. dude. Modeling is insane. Do you, do you think it makes you more empathetic director uh, when you are working with talent uh, that, that you have been in those shoes before? Absolutely. I think I think that like in in our industry, especially that anybody filling one of the main major roles should do one of the other major roles like Mm. director should try acting at some point, you know, like Mm -hmm. a producer or a director should try editing, but also an editor should try being the director or the producer, you know, Um, I think which, you know, I think you and I have talked about it a ton, just kind of how like in Knoxville, you're kind of the jack of all trades, you know, you have to know and how, how to do everything. But yeah, I think having that empathy for those other positions is so important to make yourself a better creator for sure. Yeah, I think so. I think so too. And I think we are kind of uniquely positioned to be able to play in those sandboxes when we want to here. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're a director, maybe you can direct DP something, you yeah. know, maybe you shoot it yourself too. Yeah. And that's helpful. Yeah. 
And then maybe you got to go at it your own stuff. And that's going to make you a better, that's going to make you direct something better the next time. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I, I remember, you know, one time I shot something for our good friend, Cody Walters. And, uh, you know, he came back to me the next time he saw me and he was like, Hey, uh, everything you shot was a little, well, on the crooked side, you know, he like just kind of took his hand yeah. and I was like, well, you know, I only had I, one shoe on, you know, I, yeah, <laughs> you know, I had had six beers, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean like stuff like that, you know, it's like, you need to, you need to know that mm-hmm. and you need to know those things in order to really, really better yourself. You can't just hop on set and just be a di- good director immediately, sure. you know, um, which kind of segues into, I think our, uh, our good friend, Michael Underwood, you know, sure, I mean, man. God, man, he, I was, I was thinking about him today, knowing that I was going to come on here and talk. And I was like, I don't know how the two of us couldn't talk about him. Um, yeah. but I mean, he, he literally, I mean, God, the stuff that he taught us mm-hmm. just absolutely insane, insane stuff. Yeah. I mean, we're, we both share a mentor, right? We do. Yeah. We do. That's how I met you. Well, it is. It is the yeah. first time I always tell people the first time I ever met you was, at the Fountain City Casual Pint, you came in with probably the shortest shorts I've ever seen on a human being. <laughs> I was afraid I was going to see something I wasn't <laughs> prepared to see at the Don't time. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and and then we just got to talking and then you just let loose. And I was like, oh my God, what have I got myself into? And what, then How'd I let loose? <laughs> I think, I mean, you, you just, you were so happy and just ready to talk about creating and becoming a good, like how we were going to shoot things. Like, and I, I remember I showed you like a drone video and, and you asked me all these questions. I equate it to, I'm not a car person at all. And, you know, mm-hmm. I drive that Tacoma like an idiot. And, uh, and you, you started asking me like how I did all that stuff. That's the equivalent of somebody asking me what kind of engine I have in that Tacoma. Mm. I have no freaking clue. Dude. Oh really? I, I don't know. I don't know anything about cars and I know that that's, uh, I, anyways, you know, and you, you asked me how I did all this stuff with this drone and I was like, Oh my God, I don't know how I did that. <laughs> I was like, this is, this is not good. And this was after Michael had hired me to go on and shoot up with you guys in New Jersey. I was like, I need to figure this out. Like he's asking me all these questions about like, Oh, did you change the exposure? I was like, no, I had it on auto. <laughs> you know, like, like you were like, Oh, did you, you know, how to, Oh, that was cool. Like, you know, I was like, Oh my God, I don't, I, I was just flying it and I pressed record. It was, I don't know. It was pretty. Well, all that stuff we did with Michael was so, um, Michael really, because he was so excellent at his job and so great at concepting, directing talent at lighting at framing shots, just all of it. He expected all, he expected everybody to be as serious about it as he was. Mm-hmm. And so there was a lot on us, uh, working for him to really have our shit figured out oh, yeah. and to be on top of our game, Yeah, you know, because the last thing you'd want to do is let somebody down who's, who's out there, you know, making their dream happen, which every oh, project God. we worked on with him was the most exciting thing he's ever worked on in his life. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, like it, it, we shot a, I don't know if you were on this one, but we shot a dental, like a dental shoot of literally mm-hmm. just for their website. And it was like, I thought we were on, you know, like an Oscar winning film set, you know, like, I mean, which is great. I think that that's a good way to look at things. But I, I remember having this conversation with you about like disappointing him. And there (laughs) there was just one time that like, I I got a call. And that was the thing is he, 
I, God, I love him to death. He would call you literally at like, you know, nine or 10 at night. And I remember he called, I, you know, when you, when you're sitting there and you know, you've had a couple of beers or whatever, and then you, you see your phone and start to ring yeah. and it says Michael Underwood and you're mm-hmm. like, Oh shit, what have I done? <laughs> this isn't gonna be this good. This isn't gonna be good. And he, he called me and it was right the night before a shoot and he was like, you know, and he knew me as Joseph. And he was like, Joseph, I just wanted to let you know that you put the wrong lens cap on the wrong lens. You put the 45 on the 85. He said, I saw these beautiful clouds outside <laughs> on Gay Street. And picked and up I, the wrong pulled, lens. And I pulled over and I grabbed my camera and I thought I was grabbing the 85 and I get out there and I run and I go, Joseph, Joseph, Joseph. And he's whispering it to me saying, Joseph, Joseph, Joseph. I had the 45. I didn't have the 85. You put the wrong, you know, I was like, and I was sitting there just like, Oh shit. You know, it's like, it's like your dad getting the belt, you know, not even worse than that. You know, you're just like, what have I done? What have I, what have I done? And I have since then, I have never, ever put the wrong lens cap I mean, that's the, the great lens. thing about it. It makes him sound like a hard ass, but oh. he's the sweetest, kindest oh man in the world. And just he, German guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just just super German. Oh, yeah. I mean, like this is the thing and this is how you do the thing and you yeah. do the thing right. Yeah. You don't do it wrong. No. Why would you do it wrong? <laughs> that's ridiculous. Well, how? How could you do it wrong? Yeah. You know, like what? Why, how would you possibly do that wrong? And I mean. I remember that New Jersey shoot, my very first professional shoot. And for anybody that might be listening that is going into anything new, trust me, nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. (laughs) Because I, everyone thought I was like this amazing second AC. I remember these two guys, you probably remember them. They were sitting there. They're huge New York guys. And they're like, you're our second AC? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And he was like, all right, can you go change this SDI cable out in Video Village? And I was like, I mean, you you would have thought they were speaking, you know, French, German really? to me. You know, I was like, <laughs> I mean, I knew what Video Village was and I sort of knew what an SDI cable was. I was like, it's not an HDMI cable. It's something else. And I, dude, I got up there. It was luckily up away from everybody. And it took me, it took me like 15 minutes to even just find a cable that was free. Yeah. And then I was just looking at all of them and none of them had labels on it. And I was just like, Oh my God, what am I doing? And then meanwhile, I'm just like, I know Michael needs me down there. Like I'm doing something wrong. And I click it in and I go back down and I told the first AC, I was like, all right, I got the, I got the SDI plugged yeah. in for you. Mm-hmm. And he didn't even just care. He, you know, he didn't. I, yeah. I think it went in one ear, one out sure. the other. He he forgot that he even told me to do that. Yeah. Um, well, people probably because working working with Michael, like people met him and work with him, and just assume that anybody associated with him is a rock star. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was I was eighteen. No, not eighteen. God, no, I was older you're, than that. I was, fresh tw- out of college, I was. I was though. fresh out of college, so mm-hmm. I was I was twenty one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I was a young man, so I came out of college twenty one. And I made the mistake. I played into uh, Chris Durfee's hand the night before. And he, Chris Durfee, Mark Lewis, and I got absolutely hammered outside of the hotel, the, mm-hmm. the hotel restaurant. And I was like, oh, this is normal. And then next thing you know, it's like five in the morning waking up. And I was like, oh, my God, I got like three hours of sleep. <laughs> and I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, those you know sometimes you get on the road and you just have a little too much fun. Yeah, yeah. I got I got swept up in it. But uh, Chris Durfee's been on the show before. That was yeah. great having him. Just because he's 
worked on so much stuff and 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 knows light like it's you know a second language Dude, it's amazing it's lighting incredible. for film he he's one of those guys that like you you could probably communicate with Durfee with just noises out of your mouth you could be like eh, 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 yeah. you know and just and he'd be like yeah mm-hmm. and I, just, I know exactly what I you know want. what you mean I know exactly those those feelings you just conveyed to me mm-hmm. I will light it that way well and back to the actor thing that's what makes mm-hmm. people like him such a pro is you learn how to communicate without disturbing people around you oh you know God. what I mean oh yeah hey can you turn this off yeah. you know that's not an option mm-hmm. you know it's hand signs it's mm-hmm. it's a wink and a nod and a mm-hmm. mumble <laughs> Yeah, a little and pinch you know, on the butt, you yeah. know, just, you know, the little things. Dude, uh, not long after that, when we were when we were working on that stuff, uh, you got back in front of the camera and uh, you made uh, a video oh, that went God. pretty viral. Yeah. And uh, and I was and it, it, it reminded me, I was like, hey, I forgot he was an actor because this is good. And mm. it was a great Thank you. piece of uh, it was a great piece of work. Thank you. Too. Thank you. Um, and I'll set it up, I guess, a little bit. Tennessee football was having a year where they were playing great in the first half and then losing the game in the second half. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, DirecTV was running these commercials that were like, I'm Peyton Manning and I can throw touchdowns. And I'm skinny legs Peyton Manning and I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And, and so, I have cable. And yeah, I have yeah, cable. Yeah, yeah. Right. One of them had DirecTV. One of them had yeah, cable. Yeah. And you kind of spoofed it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I got got the idea – while I was actually scrolling on a uh, game thread on Reddit and uh, somebody posted the comment and they were like, I'm first half Tennessee football and I'm second half Tennessee football. Uh, and well, and a, a lot of it stemmed from, I remember I went to this, the Oklahoma game with my dad who, like I said earlier, went the, to UT, yeah, huge UT fan. And this was the last UT game he ever went to in person because really? I'll never forget it went to overtime. Was it the uh, rain delay year? Uh, no. my, I can't remember, but it was the year that Baker Mayfield was, was playing. Somebody threw a interception in overtime and it was just, it was the most heartbreaking because we were about to beat Oklahoma. It was yeah. huge, heartbreaking. And I remember seeing my dad just, he like covered his face and he sat down just after they threw the interception, the game was over. And I knew at that moment, I was like, this is probably the last UG game I'm ever going to go with my dad. Anyways, so I, it was the night, it was the day after the Florida game where it was the same season and we were supposed to beat Florida and we lost in the second half and I drank way too much the night before and I woke up incredibly hungover and somehow i was like you know what i'm gonna make this video and nobody was home and so i just said all right let's go and yeah so made that video and next thing you know i'm not kidding the next morning i had like 50 friend requests on facebook Mm -hmm. i my phone was just blowing up beyond belief and I had WBIR, I had WATE, I had like the Vol Radio, I had everybody in town messaging me that covers the te- that covers, covers Tennessee. Tennessee football, yeah. and they're like, "We need can can you have a word? You know, like mm-hmm. can we come over and film you?" And I and I you know like I was like, "Oh my, what have I done?" You know, like because I mean, I'll, I'll be one hundred percent honest, I was still a little drunk when I made <laughs> that video, uh, you know, and and. Uh, I was like, oh, my God. I still lived at home with my parents. I looked like such a freaking loser. I mean, this dude. <laughs> You're right out of college. I was right out of college. But this dude from WBR comes over to interview me. And 
<laughs> and I was like, yeah, come down to the basement. This is where I do all the videos. It's like <laughs> this messy basement. I've got some of my Legos in the corner from when I was a kid, you know, and I was like, I look like such a loon, you know, yeah. just this neck beard looking dude just making fun of, you know, do you want to It's a good story, though. So the yeah. concept was like, I'm first half Tennessee fan and I'm direct TV yeah. and I'm awesome. Yeah. yeah. And then second half was a drunk. Yeah. And, yeah. You were I, laying in bed drinking. Yeah. And like, I had a, like a ripped off red. And so for anyone who, you know, has never seen the video, it was me in my kitchen. One half, I look clean, you know, cleanly shaven hair combed. The other half, I had this old toboggan on that looked like a UT helmet. Yeah. And uh, I had it like halfway on my head. And then yeah. I had this orange button up shirt, like halfway off. And I had this, uh, a uh, dickel bottle of whiskey that was almost yeah. done, and I kept chugging out of it. And I'm sick of it. And I did a little split effect down the middle, so it looked like there were two people, which a lot of people thought it was a you had twin. I had a twin, right. which I'm going to go on a tiny little tangent because in high school, I had to get my yearbook photo retaken, and the first time I went by Joseph Spencer, which is my first name for anybody who doesn't know. And then my, what I go by is Andrew, which is my middle name. So my first photo I had taken with long hair as Joseph. Mm-hmm. My second photo, I'd cut my hair and I told him I wanted to go by Andrew. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, I get the yearbook back and there were two of me in mm-hmm. there. And then I had somehow <laughs> as a prank snuck into a group photo for a club that I was never in with long hair. Yeah. And so there were legit classmates that thought I had a twin (laughs) named Joseph. And so when that video came and I told them, I was like, nah, don't be ridiculous. You know, like, come on. And then that video comes out. And the next thing you know, I legitimately had people who were like, you have, what have you done? Like you, you have a twin. Like, I don't believe you. You have a twin. And now I'll go by Jandy. And it's just like, who knows? I've got triplets. Apparently. Am I even me? I don't know. Is it me sitting here talking to you? Anyway, that's a whole other tangent. So yeah. And, and, uh, I remember I actually uh, one of the players actually commented about it and said it was funny and that, you know, agree. Cause dude, I got hate mail. Really? Like I legit got hate messages where people are like, how dare you? You can't talk about the Vols. I was like, first off, sir, I'm a D1 athlete at a, <laughs> at a very minor college in Southern Illinois. I know what I'm talking about. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and I mean, I had people like, you can't, you got to support the Vols through everything. You know, like how dare this long haired MF say this stuff, you know, this hippie looking, you know. I mean, I had those comments on some of those articles. I was like, oh, my God. But dude. didn't AT&T reach out to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So AT&T still follows me really? on Instagram Do and they own Twitter. DirecTV? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, they, yeah, they still follow me. Yeah. Which is, it's that's weird. But they nine, reached out to you and, and were like, hey, that was great. Yeah, and so they sent me, <laughs> they sent me uh, a year's worth of Sunday ticket, which mm-hmm. was awesome. And it actually AT&T, I'm sorry, but it actually worked the next year. I wasn't supposed to, but I was actually able <laughs> to get it the next it. year. Uh, and then they, I think, found out and cut it off or whatever. Um, and they sent me, <laughs> they sent me gold, gold beats headphones like oh, the, nice. the ultimate studios, but they're gold, like Chad Johnson, like Chad Johnson. <laughs> and I, I like a dumbass. I went to the gym wearing those things, and everyone's just sitting there staring at me like, "Look at this." douche canoe like just wearing his and then they're like holy shit it's second half ut fan yeah and so that following weekend we played arkansas lost in the fourth half fourth quarter and uh i wore the same outfit that i wore for the video 
to the game to the game and on the way there i had this lady driving a taxi like stop in the middle of gay street and she rolled down the window and she said you're that dude from that video oh my god that was hilarious like screaming at me in the middle of gay street and my friend zach was with me he's like you have to take that off right now he's like you cannot wear this i was like i'm gonna wear this he's like no please don't the whole way there i was either getting dirty horrible looks Mm -hmm. like i'm gonna murder this dude or oh my god that was amazing that was the best thing ever I had shots bought for me at one of the bars on Cumberland. Like I had beers bought for me. I had people taking pictures with me. Like it was one of the most surreal moments of my life. It's like being famous for a week. Yeah. It was amazing. I mean, cause that was it. That was, that was it. Cause it was over after that next week. I was, right. You know, I was like, okay, maybe I could go to the next home game and, and wear the same outfit. Yeah. It didn't work. Well, thank God you're not still riding that wave. Oh, I, I I still love that. Oh, come like, on. Have you guys ever seen that? <laughs> it was a, you know, a regional viral video. <laughs> well, so we, after, after all that, mm-hmm. you continued to work with me and Michael mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, I didn't let the fame get to my head. I, I stayed. Thank with, you for coming the- back and, and <laughs> ACing for us. But what, what happened after that? Where, what all did you and Michael do together as a, as a duo? So you guys went to Europe and shot something at some point. Yeah. So we went to, he was, I mean, like we said earlier, he is one of the most amazing gentlemen that you will ever meet. In the most life. amazing gentleman. Yes. The, yeah. Honestly, I don't know <laughs> if I've ever met anybody more amazing than that man. And um, yeah, so we, the two of us went down to new Orleans and we've told that story way too many times to recount. Sure. Pretend like we remember it. Yeah. We'll pretend like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what I do remember about that story is, but the way that Michael liked to shoot a lot was get up early, be there mm-hmm. at four thirty in the morning when mm-hmm. the sun comes up, and nobody's out, and get these amazing cityscapes and all this stuff in these mm-hmm. beautiful historic oh towns yeah. with nobody there. Yeah, we spent the night before uh, our New Orleans shoot. You and I and Michael in I think Jackson, Mississippi, or Hattiesburg, Mississippi, Hattiesburg, Hattiesburg, Hattiesburg yeah. Mississippi, yeah. and we. Got up at like three o'clock in the morning and drove to New Orleans, which is however far away. And we're like, all right, we're going to roll up on this, you know, on this, you know, sleeping city and get, you know, the most beautiful sunrise stuff ever. And we roll up and we get there. And I remember we park our car and I look over and there's just this dude with like a flip flop broken off, like halfway up his leg, sitting on a park bench, just throwing up. And I'm like, this is New Orleans. Why did we think that there was not going to be anybody out here at five o'clock in the morning? And there's a guy uh, playing the bagpipes. Do you was there? That? Yeah, yeah. We we because we went up to the levee, and there was a, oh, yeah, yeah. And there's yeah. a guy like standing on a statue playing bagpipes. I mean, can you imagine being that dude with the flip flop halfway up his leg? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, like, I'm and, trying to sleep, man. You know, yo, dude. I'm, you know, this is my fourth night at it. Yeah, I remember. I remember Michael being a little disappointed with that trip because it was yeah. like, man, everywhere else we've gone, you know, we roll up, we get this amazing mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. First thing, nobody's out, and we get to New Orleans. The party's still going, man. <laughs> Part of me was like, man, this coffee's good, and the other half was like, I think I need a hurricane right now to get on the same level as the locals. Yeah, yeah, that was actually the first trip that um, I don't know what was wrong with me, but I wore a white I remember sweater that. with a pink 
polo underneath it. I don't know why it did Dude, that. you were chatting out. I was chatting out, yes. man. Oh, my God. I Yeah, I'd just gone through a massive breakup at the time. I don't know if you remember that. Too. Yeah, I was going flex. through a weird, yeah. a weird period. And uh, But I, I remember Michael took me aside because one of my, reflect, my reflection had gotten in one of the shots. <laughs> and he pulled me aside and he said, you never wear white while shooting. <laughs> I think I heard it. He was like, we wear white. Yeah. yeah. Or we wear black. We wear black while yeah, shooting. We were like, black. Oh, I don't even have a black shirt in my <laughs> suitcase. And from then on, I don't wear white while we're shooting. It, it makes um, pretty good sense. But yeah, so yeah, Ben, ben and I ended up, um, it was probably about three in the morning and we'd be up at five, I think, um, out on Bourbon Street. Oh, that next day. Yeah. Yeah. We had to be the next day. We'd be up at five. Well, we were only in New Orleans for yeah. a night. We wanted yeah. to hang. Had you ever been there before? No, that was my first I'd time. I'd only been there a couple of times. Yeah. So we wanted to kind of see oh, yeah. the, see the scenes Yeah. and it was in it or, or see the sights, but it was, uh, was it a weeknight or do you remember? Mm-hmm. It was a Sunday night. Was it a Sunday night? We were there on a Sunday night and it was like, there were grandparents walking there, like kids by the stripper, you know, like yeah. hotel or whatever that thing is on Bourbon Street, you know, and it's just like. You wouldn't have known it was a Sunday night. Like, it, I mean, if if you were out in Knoxville on a Sunday night, you know, you could see the, you know, newspaper flapping down the street and nobody's yeah. around to pick it up. And it's like, God. But that, we did. We weren't about to leave without no, uh, no, without no, no, no. going and having a little Bourbon Street fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got hurricanes that were way, way too strong for for. Oh, what and it we was needed. cheap, gross liquor, too. I remember that. It just just turned it upside down and just half the bottle went in there. And we talked to some of the locals who were all fired yeah. up and, and, yeah. you know, just talking to everybody. Yeah. It was like, oh, oh yeah. It was great. Yeah. And, you know, they offered us some Molly. Yeah. And <laughs> no, the, thanks. I got to work tomorrow. Yeah. The guy, but the guy that offered this, us the Molly also was running a hot dog stand. Was he? <laughs> yeah. He was running a hot dog stand. He's gainfully maybe, employed. Maybe he was on the Molly and he thought he was running a hot dog stand. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? But uh, yeah, that was a uh, I'll God Almighty! I'll never forget that. That was my first the, the first old, time there. The only thing that I really remember from that next day is uh, having my straw. Uh, that that night, the the straw and the drink had cut my tongue <laughs> from like drinking that frozen drink, and I was like, "This drink is awful. The straw is cutting my tongue." And I remember the next day, I couldn't like. My, my tongue just hurt. Every time I talked, it just hurt. <laughs> and Michael's like asking you the most just serious mind-boggling questions about life and the universe and and how that corner looks on that building and you're just like head spinning like can't even think straight and you're like yeah <laughs> yeah I, I, I do uh, you know I, I remember that that car ride and i remember him giving us a little bit of a hard time <laughs> yeah he did he did he would i think i think that that trip just you know fell a little flat which was unfortunate yeah, it bummed him out i think yeah. because he wanted to shoot this beautiful historical city with these beautiful architectural landscapes. And, mm-hmm. you know, we got there and there's, you know, people thrown up in the street in front of the mm-hmm. building. He wants to photograph. Yeah. And it just, yeah, it did, it did fall a little flat. I don't, <sighs> I don't think that I ever saw anything made of that film that we shot yeah. while we were there for you know, I remember 36 the, hours. The cathedral, the main cathedral, he, he, he made something out of that. But, Some still uh, photography stuff. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, after that, we, uh, because that was kind of one of the last things that you and I did with him. Yeah. After I was that, about to have a kid, I think. Yeah, so you once, were. Once, once Eloise was born, I, I started working at Pop Fizz. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So we, uh, after that, we went, God, we, we went to Germany. Which you and was, Michael? We, Michael and I, yeah, we went to Germany and Italy, which was my first time ever to Europe. 
And folks, if you have somebody like Michael Underwood in your life, go somewhere amazing with them for the first time. Because I mean, it was like, I, I mean, I got there just completely jet lagged. I flew by myself too. So I was meeting him in Nuremberg and you know, I, I, I'd never been to Europe. I'd never been out of the country really. Um, no, I'd, I'd been out of the country once before. It doesn't matter. And so I show up there completely jet lagged and literally I spot him out of the crowd and I didn't have service and I go and I, you know, he, he pulls me into the car. He gives me a big old hug. And the second I get in the car, he turns around and he pulls out a big old German Pilsner. He said, here, you need this. <laughs> and so for the drive all the way to their village, I mean, we, I, I just sat there completely dazed and confused trying to like figure out where I was just drinking on some of the best beer I've ever had. But I mean, that man, wherever you go, I, it could literally, we could step out here right now out with him first light in the morning. And it would be the most, you know, according to him, it'd be the most amazing sunrise we've ever seen. And he would photograph it and as he such. Would photograph it. And you would look at it afterwards and say, yes, yeah. you made that look like the best sunrise yes. I've ever seen in yeah. my life. Like he, he, I mean, not only was he a good director and photographer and cinematographer and all of the above, I mean, he was an incredible salesman of life, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. I yeah. mean, he it didn't matter where you were or what you were doing. He found just the beauty in everything. I mean, the food, the mm -hmm. the the people, the sounds. I mean, he showed you how to appreciate those tiny little moments. Yeah. He 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 took a walk on the sunny side of the street, man. He wasn't about to look in the shadows no, ever. No. And I got to tell you, man, I spent you know, I I spent weeks, months, years of my life working with that man and I and I never I don't think, honestly, ever saw him say, see him, saw him say a cross word about anybody mm, no. or, or about an experience, bitch about anything. Mm -mm. It was all positive yeah. all the time. Always. Even when you put the wrong lens cap on, <laughs> it was, you know, it was yeah. bad, but you know, yeah. it was still a, a learning experience. Yeah. yeah. I mean it, and, and like, I mean, God just, you're, I was driving through, you know, with him and Abermanstadt. Which is which where, is the village that he's from? The village that he's from. Which, good God, like if if anybody ever gets a chance to go anywhere, go to Abramenstadt or just go to Bavaria in the springtime. I mean, it was the most magical. It probably helped that I was insanely jet lagged and also drunk half the time on some good German <laughs> beer. But uh, I mean, you're just driving through these valleys and and the the clouds are incredible and you just have castles that have been there since like a hundred. Year 100. 100 year 100. AD. Yeah. I mean, we walked in this church that's there and he was like, this was built in, you know, 500. I was like, five, yeah. five, 500. <laughs> the year 500. And I was like, oh. original roof. Yeah. Original, I'll be damned. Still here. <laughs> Doesn't leak. <laughs> we got a TV in the back. <laughs> and a, you know, and a, yeah. And, it, and just seeing all of these, these wonders for the first time with that man by your side is just. Yeah. One of those experiences that I just don't, I don't think you'll ever recreate. For sure. You know, I mean, it's, it's absolutely incredible. So he had a, he had a really good theory about the jet lag thing and flying both ways. Like mm. he could beat it mm -hmm. going both ways because he'd been, he goes to Europe two or three times a year yeah. and spends a month there. Yeah. And so he had the life hack for how to do it. And um, the life hack was 
You fly out of uh, the U.S. at seven o'clock at night, whatever mm-hmm. it is. You sleep as much as you can on the plane. Don't drink. Yeah. Don't yeah. don't get shitty sleep. Like yeah. get good sleep. Yeah. And then wake up. Uh, wake up at you know ten o'clock in the morning when your plane lands in Europe. Uh, and you know even though you've only gotten three hours of sleep, it's a new day. Yeah. And you got to stay up all day. Yeah. And you got to go to bed at the right time that night. And if you go to bed at the right time that night, mm-hmm. you're on schedule when you wake up the next day. Mm-hmm. If you take a nap during the middle of the day, you're done, dude. Yeah. You're done because you're yeah. staying up till six in the morning, and yeah. then and then you're shitty the next day. Yeah, he he had it figured out. He had it figured out coming back to not as much, but he definitely yeah. had it figured out going over there. That's why he handed you that beer. He was like, "You're staying up, <laughs> yeah, man. You're staying we're, up with me. We're gonna do this." <laughs> Which uh, I I still I still go by that. I've actually ever since that trip, I have made it a effort obviously COVID has put a little bit of a damper on that but i've made it an effort to be out of the country every single year really at least once um and i did that up until 2020 2020 was my first year that i wasn't out of the country at least once did was the patricia nash handbag stuff is that how you got over <sighs> yeah out so of the country god i i can't even just talk about how lucky my life has been uh you know and and just Just the opportunities that I've had with both Michael and also with Patricia. I mean, I've gone to Italy four times now. I've been to Germany twice. I've been to Paris now. All on work trips. Uh, Almost all on work trips. I went to Oktoberfest with my friends in 2019, which was just a... Have you ever been to Mm -mm. Oktoberfest? No. I've only been to Germany a few times and it it never lined up. It, uh... I'll say it was one of the best things that I'll never do again. Really? It was incredible. I mean, it, you, you see some things that you wish you didn't see, but you also see some things that y- you tell all your friends about. Um, you know, I mean, of course, everybody there is just there to get absolutely as drunk as possible. And so you get to just see some some beautiful, beautiful implosions and explosions of, of, the, of the human race. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's just it's. I, I always tell everybody, I know this is such just a millennial way of life is like, get, you know, go, go do something, see something, go somewhere that makes you do it. Even if you think you're going to regret it. Yeah. Like yeah. literally go, go and see this beautiful world. And I think that that's something that Michael has instilled in me, you know, mm-hmm. like I think, you know, go and wake up for the sunrise. Like I made all my friends in Italy. They hated me for it, but we were at this beautiful Airbnb on the coast. So we need to wake up for the sunrise. Like, were you, we, where were you? Do you remember? We were in uh, Cinque Terre, yeah. where, you know, the five villages yeah. along the coast. And where we, you can't drive. There's well, no cars on the, yeah. on the, you just like walk from village to village. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the, so there's, you, you could walk or you can take a train, but we had found this Airbnb that we thought we were going to get murdered at because it was like in the middle of nowhere. And then it turned out to be one of the most amazing places we'd ever been. And we were only there for one night. Like it oh. had a pizza oven. <laughs> like it was, I mean, you know, if it, it, you're on the coast and you've got a pizza oven, but like I told all of them, I was like, I'm going to wake up for the sunrise. You guys can obviously sleep in, but I suggest you do it. And we all woke up and we all just sat there silently just watching the sunrise over the ocean. I guess it was the Mediterranean Sea and God, just unreal. I mean, that's one of the most unreal. beautiful places that you see in photographs. I've never been. People photograph the shit out of it though. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful. It's incredible. I mean, Cinque Terre, like it, it's one of those that is literally set up to be a destination. Yeah. You know, like you can go there for a honeymoon, you can go there for a work trip, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. So. so what about the Patricia Nash stuff? So Patricia Nash yeah. makes like, um, <clears throat> 
handbags and other leather goods, right? Yeah. yeah. And does all the leather come from Italy? Uh, yeah. So I've actually gone with her um, to her tanneries that she gets the leather from. And I mean, talk about somebody who l- knows what the hell they're talking about. Her? Yeah. Yeah. Like she... It's incredible just how just watching her work and how she can just feel a hide and know, you know, from just from the feeling of it, like, no, that's not going to be good. Yes, let's get 100 of these or, you know, whatever. Really? Um, yeah. Oh, like she, tactily, she, she can touch a piece of leather. can just touch it, look at it, and she's like, yes, this is going to. And she even looks at ones that are damaged, you know, mm. where a cow is, you know, when it was alive, went up and got scratched by, you know, fence or something. Yeah. Calls and, a character. Yeah, she's like, right, this would be good with my heritage collection or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I mean, she's one of those women that when you're sitting, I find myself sometimes when when it's the two of us, you know, after our company is left or whatever, and or you know somebody's gone to the bathroom and it's just the two of us sitting across the table. It's like I want to ask her every single question in the world about everything that she knows. And it's like, you just can't come up. You can't come up with the question that you feel would fit that time. Yeah, there's perfectly. too many of them. There's too many of them, you know? So yeah, it's, I mean, it's been absolutely incredible. So what do you her. do for them? Uh, so I shoot um, mostly video content for them for their uh, lookbooks. Cause they, you know, release a new collection every single quarter. Hmm. And so I shoot video contents at their, video content at their photo shoots. And then I also will shoot, um, smaller time photo shoots, you know, like kind of the smaller leather goods, um, with, or like their men's line. I shoot all of that, but, um, yeah, I shoot a lot of video content. I shoot a lot of their travel content that they put on their website. Oh my goodness. I think I just (laughs) knocked something over, but, uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a really good time. I've been, the trips that we get to go on, the experiences we get to have. I mean, it's absolutely unreal. Uh, you know, I've used that word a lot, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, her stuff is everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's an internationally recognized yeah. brand. Oh, yeah. it's uh, So she's in Macy's. She's in Dillard's. She's on all of the shopping networks. She is all over the internet. I mean, the thing is, is like, it's hilarious how you will mention her in Knoxville and not too many people really know who she yeah. is. And, but then you'll go like Carbondale, for example, I was up there for an alumni event and we were at a restaurant and while I was in that restaurant, I saw four of her handbags with, really? with individual women really? that were all separated. And it's incredible. My, uh, my aunt came up here from South Carolina and, and bought a handbag. Oh yeah. Yeah. From her. And, and but she knew who she was. She knew yeah. about, about her stuff. And you're right. Like, yeah. it's, it's funny that there's that, that. You're, you're not as locally recognized as you are yeah. internationally. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, that bag my aunt bought six or eight years ago looks just like she pulled it out of the box. Yeah. Still going <laughs> strong. I mean, that's, that's the thing is, it's like, I, if you would have told me when I was a freshman in college, which, you know, any freshman going into film school, and I'm sure you can attest to it, we think we're going to be the next Steven Spielberg sure. or, or something. Yeah. If you would have told me that I would be shooting fashion, yeah, you know, or moonshine. <laughs> I said, no, nah, you know, I'm, I'm going to be in Hollywood making movies. But honestly, the the short form stuff, I love it. I like short form, too. Yeah. I, I like it a lot. Um, I, I like that you can 
in a very micro way, build a big world. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be a part of a 90 page script. Mm-hmm. It can be just some big idea that happens in 30 seconds yeah. or a minute. And yeah. it can be something that you, you know, you don't have to shoot for six months. Yeah. You have to, you know, plan it for a couple weeks yeah. or a month or whatever, <laughs> and then go shoot it. And you can bring these big ideas to life in a way that is kind of, I, I, I don't want to say low stakes because the stakes are high mm-hmm. with a lot of that stuff, but it's, it, from a continuity standpoint, it doesn't have to be a part of something bigger. It can yeah. just be something awesome that happens kind of in a vacuum or, in, you know, in a small, smaller scale. Yeah, absolutely. And to me, like that's, that brings, that really is where short form makes it for me. Yeah. yeah. I dig it. Absolutely. I mean, I think that being able to work on something and, you know, for like a month or two months or even literally a week and then you move on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that that really keeps your creative juices flowing yeah. in a way that, you know, unlike where if you work on a feature film, you're working on it for six months to two years yeah. and, and you see the same thing over yeah. and over and over and over and over again. Well, what about, uh, what about, uh, Sugarlands. Do I have oh, any Sugarlands oh. over there? I had oh, some. Oh no, uh, I should have brought you some. Man. I had Brent Thompson brought over uh, some of that. Is it called Ramblin' Man? Is that what it's called? Uh, What's it called? Roaming Man. The Roaming whiskey? Man. Oh, yeah, he brought me some of that, God. and he gave it to me. I was like, "Thanks so much, man. I appreciate Did it." You? And then people, and I loved it. Of course, I finished the last uh, little bit during the election last year. Oh, but uh, but uh, uh, when he brought it over, I, I had it over there, and and people would come in and be like, "How did you get that?" I was like, I I don't know what I have. I, it's great. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's delicious. And they're like, dude, you have no idea how lucky you are to have a half a pint yeah. or a pint. Uh, I think yeah, I it's had. like three three hundred seventy five milliliters. It? I think. Yeah. yeah, of of that of that whiskey right there. God. The Sugarlands is a moonshine company, right? Yes. And you do work for them. Yes. So I do just about all of their video and photo content. They do hire out occasionally other, other people or they have somebody in house that'll shoot. But when do they do that? Like when do they hire other people out? Uh, it really depends. Uh, I know like with their larger commercials, you know, because yeah, I, they need a bigger team. Yeah. They need a production company. Yeah. You know? Cause you're not, a, I mean, you're not a producer. You're no. not a, you're not going to put together a, a big ass crew and no, go execute no. a 60 person. No, endeavor. I mean, I have in the past, but right. you know, it's been difficult, but yeah, yeah, I mean, that's what I pride myself in is that I'm a, I'm a one man band, you know, they can well, kill it. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate so. that. Thank you. Um, yeah. And it's, uh, yeah. So I shoot, I shoot most of their video. Uh, let's just say basically all of their video and photo content, except for a little bit of it. And, um, you talk about literally switching gears between shooting fashion and then shooting moonshine. It's, uh, I mean, the best way to describe it is one is fun and the other one is really fun <laughs> really because <laughs> i mean you know you're sitting there shooting don't get me wrong i mean going to you know the beach and shooting models and all that stuff like i have an absolute blast but i mean when you're sitting there shooting this you know moonshine in the mountains like it's gonna end up being a good time yeah. you know like you can't have a bad time with that and the thing with moonshine is i have a couple friends out of new york and washington dc and they will come down to knoxville they have literally made knoxville their destination for thanksgiving because their families don't really celebrate thanksgiving where they're not able to travel and so for the past three years they will come to knoxville to we'll, see you well to see, so they're they went to college with my best friend and so they're that's how they know but they will come down strictly almost because they can get sugarlands moonshine really here. we will go to dollywood we'll drink 
moonshine together. We'll go into Dollywood, have a good time. And then we will drink moonshine basically the whole week that they're here because they can't get it where they're at. Yeah. And I mean, I just have to tell anybody it, you got to try it. Like it's, I mean, I know you've had it. I mean, it's, it's, it's on, it's this just, I don't know the best way to describe it. It's, it makes sense why all those moonshiners and all those videos you see of moonshiners are so happy while they're drinking it because (laughs) it's literally happy juice, man. I mean, you know, like whiskey's good. Like, you know, uh, vodka's all right, you know, like all that stuff. But moonshine, good Lord, that stuff just puts you on a whole nother level. So moonshine w- <clears throat> became illegal because people didn't pay taxes on it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So what makes what Sugarlands is making, what makes it moonshine? Just the fact that it's pure grain alcohol? Yeah. So and, and I think because it's not aged, I think because there's zero aging. So it's corn liquor. Corn. Yeah. Or they do make a rye. Okay. Um, and, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's, I think, and their, you know, their head distiller might kick me in the head for saying this, but I mean, I think like, it's because you literally can make it, distill it and put it in a bottle Yeah, and that's it. I think that's why the roaming man is probably a little more sought after because it is aged. It's aged two to three, three years, I think. In oak staves probably or oak barrels or something Uh, like that. Yeah. Yeah. They get their barrels out of Louisville. Um, and oh my God, man, I got to tell you, like, I've tried some of their, um, I can't really speak too much about it, but I've tried some of their other roaming man, like flavors essentially that they're going for other products that they're going for. Oh my gosh, dude, that stuff. I don't, their, their lead distiller, Greg is one of, he, if you start talking about whiskey with him, it'll just, he talks about it for, yeah hours and i mean he knows so much about the the stuff he knows so much about the spirit that the stuff that he creates is some of the best tasting whiskey you'll ever have Mm. um and i mean i i stand by that i mean it i don't really know exactly why it tastes so good (laughs) i don't know the science behind it all but it is that roaming man was good for sure it's some damn good stuff we got to talk about your music Mm, mm. okay because i kind of knew that you made music a few years back and then i started seeing it and started listening to it yeah. i started hearing more people talking about it hey, yeah, and then you. i'm like nah he's he makes films you, yeah. you're talking about a different guy yeah it's like no i'm talking yeah talking about jandy oh like, yeah. yeah yeah no uh yeah so i actually um yeah so I, I you know come from a musical background you know like we talked about earlier with musical theater and i you know i played piano since i was a kid and so long story short, I essentially had always messed around in college with just making music. And I decided, you know, I I went through a couple of big life events, such as graduating college, going through your <laughs> first breakup, you know, all that stuff, whatever. All the heady stuff. All the heady stuff, man, you know. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to start making music. And um, so I started out as Jandy, which uh, you know me as and everybody knows me as. And that was my um, kind of my homage to sad boy, uh, you know, post breakup, post, you know, alcoholic, like, you know, sad, just poor me, you know, like that kind of stuff. And it was great. It was one of those things where I... I needed to get those feelings out in some form or another and being able to just create these sounds on a computer that, you know, 
like you're you're making these sounds that like humanity has never heard before i know that that sounds kind of like pretentious in a way but like pretty awesome you're you're literally i mean that's the thing that i love about electronic music is that you it it doesn't matter like it literally nothing matters there's no rules in electronic music Mm. you know i mean you have your purists in electronic music and as you do as in any genre but with electronic music you could i mean you can you can look up videos on YouTube of somebody farting into a microphone and then they turn it into something that you pop your head to. Right. And as ridiculous and just asinine as that sounds, mm-hmm. I think that's incredible. I think that that's the most amazing thing about humans is that we can literally take just something so boring and something so just ridiculous and turn it into something that you can put play it in a room and there might be 50 people in there that all, you know, nod their head to it. And it's like, it's it's one of the best feelings ever, and I know that you know you've dabbled with music as well, and I know that you know anybody who's ever made music knows that feeling of when you put something out there that people actually enjoy. Uh, it's it's a good feeling. It's a it really is. It's a it's a nice nice way to just kind of communicate with other people. When did that happen that you first felt like people were grabbing your music? Mm. Well, so I guess I left out a little bit. I did Jandy as a project and I was that the first thing you really did. That was the first music that I really did. And then I made a mashup of two electronic songs a couple of years ago. And that is this all in Ableton. Yes. Yeah. 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 I made it. I make everything in Ableton all on my laptop, uh, all self-taught with that kind of stuff, you know, YouTube tutorials, uh, getting bored and just playing around. And I made a mashup that, blew up on SoundCloud and I mean, it's sitting at like a hundred thousand plays on SoundCloud right now, which I mean, I was just like, Oh my God. What, for know, something a guy for, made in his basement. That's for, pretty yeah, good. For something that I made in my parents' basement. Well, next to his Legos, <laughs> literally next to my Lego dot. Dude, I still build Legos all the time. <laughs> my mom got me a Yoda, a little Yoda, a baby Lego. Yoda. No, no, no. Like the actual Yoda, like yeah. figurine. It's like this tall. I got, I need to work She's on like, that. Yeah. Like, Happy forty fifth birthday! <laughs> Here's some Legos. Here's Go Legos. make your sad boy music, you loser. <laughs> She'd never say that. Um. Anyways, so yeah, I uh, so I did Jandy first, and then I discovered that I was like, you know what, I really want to make like hardcore electronic music, and so I started going by the alias of Spence, which is S P N C E. Uh, you know, because you got just part of your last name, part of my last name. Yeah. Last name Spencer, you know, as a missing a vowel or missing a vowel or two as a rebellious young, young. And I had to do something along those lines. And uh, I actually just a couple weeks ago released a track under a label. I had a single release. Yeah. Under a under a kind of small time electronic label. But, you know, yeah. Yeah. So and what's the name of the cut? uh, It's called Don't Fall. Um, And I it's funny because. Uh, you know, I'm sure Sam can attest to it. Uh, you send out demos and you've got a couple that you're like, oh, yeah, this one's going to be the one. And it was literally the one that I hadn't worked on. That really? Much. Like it was it was like the one I, that you cared the least about. Yeah. Like it yeah. was one of those. That I was like, yeah, this is I'll send it along, too, because yeah. why not? It's probably because you didn't overwork it. I think so. You know, you, it, it was raw. Yeah. You just kind of yeah. let it go. And yeah, somebody what, gravitated towards it, which I think goes, you know, it kind of goes to say in a lot of that. You you can apply that to film and, and photo and acting and all that stuff. It's like. You can love stuff to death. You can you can literally love stuff to death, and yeah. and with music especially. Oh my god! Like you, especially with electronic music, you can add, you know, sixty five layers and different audio tracks onto a song. But then the one that gets picked up is literally like 
10 yeah. things, you know, a drum rack and some horns and one synth. And they're like, yeah, this is dope. <laughs> you know? And, uh, yeah. So I'm, I played a live stream as well as Spence. Uh, it's really heavy electronic music and I made some visuals for it, which are also very incredibly heavy. Um, I don't suggest watching it sober. Um, I think that it is best enjoyed, um, you know, with a free mind. Uh, and yeah, I, uh, I started kind of going down the Spence path and that's kind of where I'm, I'm running into an issue where I'm like, all right, you know, this kind of has a little bit of ground underneath it, you know, like really? this is, yeah, it's got, you know, I had a release with the label. I've had talks about, you know, going when things get back to normal, playing some shows in other cities and that's awesome it's a weird feeling. It's like, that's kind of what I was talking about. Like when you have people come up to you and, you know, message you on Instagram or message you on wherever and say like, Hey man, you know, like we like what you're doing. Like we would love to hear you live. And you're like, what? <laughs> no, you don't understand. This is a thing I just do like, yeah. for me. No, this is something that like, I just go, you know, after a long day, I go sit in my office and I just, you know, boom, boom, you know, just yeah. make this weird beat. And then I'm like, all right, that was cool. And then put it up on SoundCloud and they're like, yeah, this is great. And you're like, okay, this is not what I intended. Well, it's so funny that, that as a creator, you continue to make this stuff that just for some reason, people love it. Whether it's a, a direct TV yeah. parody video or, yeah. you know, a, a music track with a sweet drop that mm -hmm. people are loving. Yeah. So I actually think whenever I'm making mixes, I literally, because what I really kind of got my start on with electronic music was I was making these mixes called the, I made that mashup, but I was making these mixes called the drunk mix. And so I was, when I was living at home and I would sit at home and I would drink and then I would just DJ. And then I'd put them up on SoundCloud. For, for yourself? For myself, essentially. Yeah. And then I would, you know, I got to the point where I was like, you know what, I'm going to put these up on SoundCloud. You know, they're like 30 minute long electronic mixes. And the next thing you know, I mean, they're getting five to 10,000 plays on them. And I mean, I had people literally messaging me like, when's Drunk Mix 13 coming out? Really? You know, like that kind of stuff. And I was like, dude, I'm, I'm just pressing the space bar. I'm just pressing yeah, play, which exactly. is something that you told me at one point. Cause I remember my name. I wanted to be Stella on tap and you're like, you're going to go up there and press the, <laughs> press the space bar. And so when I think about that, I'm like, I'm pressing the space bar, man. And I, <laughs> I want, Oh, I have to such a, uh, a, a cynical view of, of DJs, man. <laughs> no, but like, I just, I really swear on my first, whatever my first live performance is going to be, I'm going to say, you guys ready for me to press the space bar? <laughs> I'm say, that's for my boy Ben Fields. <laughs> and that's how I'm going to, that's how I'm going to set it off. Uh, yeah. No, music's going great. It's awesome. I absolutely love it. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I'm else, trying to so. think of what else we missed. Yeah. We've talked about our history. We've talked about your music. We've talked about, all the awesome video and stills work you've done too. What'd we miss? Oh man. Uh, I don't, I can't really think of too much. I can, I can actually, I can start, I can talk about something for any, anybody who, who might still be listening that, uh, something that not a lot of people know about me. And I know this kind of inspired me, Sam and I had a conversation before I got on, but, um, I'm actually half deaf. Oh yeah, I yeah. kind of knew about this. Yeah, yeah. And, and so one of your one of your ears doesn't work. Yeah, or half my, of one yeah, of your ears. My right ear doesn't work. Um, oh really? Yeah, yeah. So, at all? 
Well, so I can hear like very high frequencies, like mm. literally, you know, just like a TV on, you know, like I can, you know, on static or whatever. Um, I can hear that, but low frequencies completely gone. Mm. And so I think that the reason that I'm mentioning that is because I kind of want to, you know, walk on the sunny side of street like Michael Underwood mm. for a second and look at it, you know, like anybody that I ever talk to or anybody who's ever out there who, you know, feels like there is something that is drastic or something that is just weighing you down or something that is just, you know, you're reminded of every day that's negative, you know, find a way for that to be your, you know, your, your third leg, your, your third leg as a stripe, as a tripod, you know, or your, your muse or like something for you to stand on or lean on. Because I, you know, I would always get so discouraged when I would record as Jandy because I was singing in a lot of those and I had to use auto tune because the more you hearing, couldn't hear half of it. Yeah. The, yeah. I mean, the more hearing you lose, the, you know, the harder it is to stay on tune. And, um, you know, I, I would just, I would listen back to my, you know, to my vocals without auto tune or something. And I'm just like, oh my God, I would like look at the little tuner thing on there. Yeah. And I, I would think I was singing an E and it yeah. was like, <laughs> you're singing a D, you know, yeah. like you're singing a C sharp, you know, yeah. and I was like, oh my God. And it would kill me. But now I'm making electronic music that I'm not singing in, mm. but I'm so happy that I'm making that. And nice. I'm so happy that I am, that I'm able to create, still create within music and not feel discouraged and, you know, and not feel like I'm not able to make something that makes me happy because this makes me happier. Than you know, when I was singing. And so basically, like, I just kind of wanted to send a message out there to anybody who has something that's holding them back, whether that's, you know, uh, a disability or, or just literally a mental block or, or anything of the sort, just think of it as like, instead of writing country, try to write hip hop. Mm. Or if you're filming documentaries, try to film a narrative, or mm. if you're filming a narrative, try to film a documentary. Or if you're painting landscapes, try to paint abstract, you know, like try if you hate whiskey, try <laughs> vodka, you know, like just lean into something different, lean into something different, because you might find that the thing that's blocking you was supposed to be there. And it was maybe supposed to help you go in the direction that you were supposed to go in. Um I don't know. That sounds cheesy. No, as hell, but no, it know. doesn't. Not to me. Do you think that, do you think that the fact that you were, or did you, did you never, did you never have hearing in your right ear or have you been losing it? We don't know. So we actually don't know. We, when I went and lost, when I, I when realized you that it was going on. So I went to a show and I was always that guy that wore earplugs at shows. Mm. Cause I was like, I got to protect my, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I got to protect my hearing. And there was one show that I forgot to wear headphones at. And we, of course, got a spot right next to the speaker. And we were back at, um, you know, an after party. And one of my friends at the time was trying to talk to me. And she was sitting on the couch on my right side. And I just felt her slap me. And she was like, are you not, what are you, are you not listening to me? And I was like, I, I had no idea you were even talking. And I immediately, I was like, of course, the one show that I forgot you know, earplugs out. I was like, so you think it was a phone. show that made you, it dead? wasn't, it wasn't. No. So I went. And so if you, if you lose your hearing from, you know, loud noises, you're, you actually lose your high frequency first and it, and then you 
you still retain your low frequency according to my doctor. And so he picked up the chart the first time I went in there and he went, huh? Cause you know, you never really see people that come in with low frequency hearing. And so it's actually a disease that I have called otosclerosis where it blocks my bones from moving in my ear. It's calcium deposits and I've had surgery and everything, but they weren't able to fix it. Uh, I have to wear a hearing aid most of the time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, I didn't know that I had this wrong with me. And I think that becoming more, not, I don't want to say wrong with me. That's kind of the wrong phrasing with what I was talking about earlier, but I think like becoming aware of it has actually been sort of like a, you know, a new way to look at things and a new way to kind of go about things, you know, because I'm, I'm aware of it, but I also know that like, Hey, I can sit here and make a song with a cool drop still, you know, like I can, I can go do that. I don't have to sing. Even though I felt like I had to sing and that was just killing me. But then I found kind of this other route to go around it. So I, I don't know, I guess just the, what I'm trying to get at is like, if something's just weighing you down, just ultimately, you know, there are other ways to look at it. Mm-hmm. There's other sides of the coin to look at. Did, uh, did the fact that you were losing your hearing make you want to make music or hang on to music because you thought that it might go away. Yeah. If the, if it kept, I'll, I'll say yeah. deteriorating, but yeah. like if your yeah. other ear went. Or yeah. And there's a possibility that my other ear really? might still go. Yeah. Um, which but is, is that what drives you to music a little bit? Yeah, it, it is. It is. And, it, and it's scary. I mean, it really is scary that it's like when you have a doctor, like literally look you in the eyes and say like, you might lose your other ear someday, you know, you, you literally might not be able to hear. And, you know, um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's, it's one of those, things that you actually never think you'll hear, especially as somebody with a music background and growing up with music and listening to music and singing and all that stuff. You know, it's, it's something that you just really never think that you're going to have to deal with. Everybody takes it for granted. Yeah, they do. Right? They do. You Every know? person on planet earth that yeah. has hearing. Yeah. The positive thing though, is I can sleep really well. Cause I just, <laughs> on, the, <laughs> on, the ba- on the good uh, ear, yeah, on the good ear, I throw the good ear down and it's like a yeah. plug and I'm like, Ooh, yeah, there it is. It's nice and silent. But yeah, I don't know. I, I think that, you know, I just have been recently trying to not look at downsides or, Mm. you know, disabilities or anything like that, you know, as a, as a negative and try to kind of use those as a, as a positive way of looking at life. So, yeah, I don't know. I just love it, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. I don't know. Just, that's my, that's my hippie, hippie, uh, talk coming out for, I think it's right though. Mm. Feels right. Yeah. 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 It feels, feels right to me. So I think it's a good way to, Take a walk on the sunny side of the street. Absolutely, dude. <laughs> Take a walk on the sunny side of the street as Michael Underwood always would. Yeah. Dude, thanks for doing this. Oh, I really appreciate it. I love you, man. I love you too. I really dude. do. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's it's uh I think uh, you know, the thing about you, Ben, is that you just inspire such a happiness in people that is not really found very much in our industry. I think a lot of the times in our industry you find you know, a lot of jadedness or deterioration of, of, of personalities. But I think that when you're on set and you walk in the room, everybody's like, I fucking love that dude. Like I, I hear people all the time. They're like, Oh, Ben feels like he like, Oh dude, we're such good friends, you know? And it's crazy that like, you can talk to anybody and they're like, Ben Fields. I know that dude. I love that dude. I'd die for that dude. And you don't meet very many people like that in our industry. So I just want to give you a round of applause for, Thanks, uh, man. For just inspiring people day Appreciate in and day you out. That. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I hear the press of space bar over and over in my head. 
<laughs> and, and as pretentious as that was, I use it as motivation. <laughs> I've got a couple good one-liners that might stick with you forever. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Dude, thanks for doing it. Of course. Of course. Let's do of it course. again. Absolutely. Sounds good. Take care. Yep. Right. How was it? Did we enjoy it? How'd we do? Did we do okay? Hope you guys liked it. Thanks for listening. Hit us up on Instagram at South of Scruffy. Send me an email, southscruffy at gmail.com. Talk to us that way. You guys are killing it. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it a lot. We'll talk to you in a week or so. Take care. Y'all be good. Matt Honkinen. Play me out. <laughs>